everyone. Welcome to episode 250 of SwiftCast. This is Steph. And Adam. And we're so sorry. We've been a little bit absent lately because tour has been going on and Adam and I actually didn't get to see it until some of the later dates. I, I just saw the show and we didn't really want to record until we both were able to see this amazing show and so that we could talk in detail about the show and our impressions and our favorite parts. So we are really happy to be back and now Adam and I have both seen the show. I've seen it once. Adam, you've seen it twice, right? Correct. Great. And I, I'll see it again this week. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we should just jump right in. I think one thing I want to start talking about is the openers because I didn't really know what to expect, never having seen Charlie XCX or Camila Cabello before. And I was impressed by both of them. They were both great. What did you think? Oh, yeah, I I really enjoyed both. And some of the songs I I didn't realize, especially with Charlie XCX, that she did. She did the Icona Pop song, I Don't Care. And uh, as a lot of people probably remember, that was a song during the Red Tour that was played during the fan camera portion of the show right before Taylor would come on. Yes. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. I guess as I was sitting there, I meant to look it up. But of course, when you're in that stadium, you never can get cell phone service. So did Charlie XCX actually write that song for Icona Pop or was she featured in it? Yeah, I knew it was an Icona Pop song because they used to play it on the radio back in the day. Um, But yeah, it has Charlie XCX vocals in it as well, which I guess I just didn't know. Yeah, okay, that's great. But yeah, that was my favorite performance of hers. Of course, you have songs, you know, like Fancy, which were really popular too. Um, but that song was definitely my favorite. And then for Camila, of course, she's had a couple of hits on the radio with Never Be the Same Lately, Havana before that. And then a couple songs there in the middle that I definitely recognized um, that she's done as well. Yeah. I have to say, though, I thought her set was a little short. I I guess I expected it to be longer than it was. But when you have such strong openers and you have two of them, I think that's probably why hers wasn't quite as long as maybe Vance Joy and Ed Sheeran's have been for other tours. Yeah, that's a good point for sure. So then the moment, of course, we talked about this on our last episode, um, right after the tour started, when we had just seen some, you know, cell phone video highlights is all. But the uh, song that plays right before Taylor comes on stage is Bad Reputation by Joan Jett. And I don't know what your feeling was when that song came on, but I just got so excited and they really turn the the speakers up for that song and it's just really loud and everybody knows that the lights are about to go out and it's coming and that moment was just awesome yes i was so excited and of course i knew in advance that that was the song before she came on but when i told my sister i said hey she's going to be on next and then when she realized the song was bad reputation she said she is just so good at figuring all this stuff out and so detail oriented. And I was kind of like, yeah, I know, but (laughs) yeah, 
I mean, you really couldn't have picked a more perfect song for uh, that last song there. Yeah, and I'm still holding out hope that she'll be a special guest at some point. That would be great. That would be really cool. Definitely. One thing, though, that I did miss was the fan cam. This is the first time in several tours that there hasn't been one. Yeah, you're right, because the fan cam was usually the song before the final song or the second to last song, which is this time around Obsessed by Mariah Carey, right? Right. But it's still just so exciting. And then when Taylor comes out, I was on the floor, so it was actually kind of hard to see on the floor because the stage is so massive and so tall that it was hard for me to see. But still, when when Taylor comes out, it's just always that kind of awestruck feeling that you get. Oh, yeah. You mean right before Ready For It? Yeah. And and right when the show starts and she comes out and the crowd is just roaring. It's so great. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, let's jump right in. I mean, I was going to say that I don't think that there is any way that this intro can be topped. I mean, she's had some great intros from, you know, coming out from the stairs on 1989 during Welcome to New York to the curtain dropping during Red to Sparks Fly during Speak Now. But I really think this one tops it all. It is great. I do have to say, like I said, though, it's hard to see when you're on the floor. This week, I'm actually in the lower level the 100 level section. So I'm really excited to hopefully be able to see things on stage a little bit better. Yeah, you'll get a different perspective. I've been once on the floor and once in the 200 level. Um, So yeah, you definitely get a different perspective. But I just loved being close on the floor with Ready For It with those smoke cannons that go off and the bass and, you know, Taylor turning she has her hood on and she says are you ready for it and then the smoke cannons go off it was just such a cool moment yeah the hood makes it really dramatic too i really like that part and one perspective you get you'll see it when you go uh this week and sit a little higher is you'll get to see the bracelets more of course the bracelets made their debut back in the 1989 show but on the floor yeah you can see them and you can look up at the stadium surrounding you and see all of them. But a lot of the time you're looking at the stage, so you don't really get to notice it. But when you're up uh, in the 100, 200, 300 level, you are looking at the stage and you also get a great view, you know, across the stadium at the other side, and you'll get to see all the bracelets and all the lights, which is really neat. Yeah, that will be exciting. I'm really glad that she incorporated the bracelets again. So you mentioned the smoke cannons during Ready For It. For I did something bad, the the flames were amazing. Like I said, I was sitting on the floor. It was crazy how you could feel the heat from those. They're at the very top of this massive stage, but you could still feel the heat. Oh, absolutely. And it was funny because one of the shows that I went to was pretty chilly. It was a very cold day weather-wise. And everybody loved the, the flames because they heated you up a little bit. They really did. I just can't really imagine how they do that because it's on top of the stage, but I was just really surprised that I could feel the heat from that far up. Yeah, and get this, even 
in my other show where I was in the 200 level, I was kind of towards the back and you could still feel it then. I was way further away compared to my floor seat. So the power of those flames is, you know, it pretty much reaches the whole stadium. Okay, yeah, that'll be cool. I'll have to see how it goes in the 100 level this week. But I did something bad. It's just a fantastic performance. I love how she kind of changes the song up a little. Oh, absolutely. And the fireworks and the lights that are associated with it. Yeah, it's. I think it's what we expected. We always said it would be a really big production. And I think it just sets the tone for the rest of the show. It really does. I mean, you get two, what I would call heavy hitters back to back in the first two songs, ready for it. And I did something bad. And for people that maybe aren't familiar with the show yet, or maybe who are more casual fans who go to their local show and don't know exactly what to expect, that definitely sets the bar very high. Well, then she goes into Gorgeous, which I love her little speech before Gorgeous. That was another thing that my sister said. She said she has such a great way of introducing every song and including the audience in introducing the songs. And I agree. She's consistently done that with every tour. Yeah, and I thought it was cool how she called out all of her, I think just her female dancers um, during the song, right? Yeah, which she takes a lot of time this tour to introduce everybody at some point. I actually saw the show in Cleveland, and of course, Paul Sedoti is from Cleveland, so that was a big part of the show. And I love how she just makes sure that the crowd appreciates each person involved in this show but gorgeous was really kind of just a i guess an album performance she didn't really change up the song but i still loved it and i think it's it has a good place in the set list yeah it's a good one to follow up i did something bad because it's more simple a little bit slower you know there's some dance moves involved but it's a kind of like a calm down song right yeah after the huge performance of I Did Something Bad, she kind of needed that. And then she goes right into the old throwbacks with Style, Love Story, and You Belong With Me. And I just, I love that mashup. It's so great to see it live. Oh yeah, it's perfect. Those three fit together really, really well, which you might not think would actually happen, but it works perfectly. And the part that I remember most is just love story because of course taylor has always said that's a song she's never not gonna sing because it's probably her biggest song ever and the bracelets were purple during the song and the whole stadium was purple and i just loved it oh i didn't notice that it was purple i'll have to look into that this week yeah mm -hmm. do you remember the colors for style and you belong with me i don't specifically know okay Well, I thought it was a really good mashup and just really leads you right into Look What You Made Me Do, which of course I had seen all the photos and we talked about the performance on our last episode, but to see Look What You Made Me Do live was just so cool. There's so much going on on the stage. Yeah, and of course we and everybody else were pretty shocked at where it came in the set list because I think a lot of us thought it would be the last song, but... It 
is in a good spot because, you know, you get a couple of the early songs, a couple of throwbacks, and then you do the part where the old Taylor is dead and you move on to the new Taylor. Even though there's still old stuff thrown in later in, in the show, I feel like it was a really good point to put that song in. Yeah, definitely. It it made a lot of sense right after that mashup to put it right there. And it's also exciting how she leads into it with the, the little video of the snake clips. Just kind of gets you excited because you kind of know what's coming. And we forgot to mention the video before she comes out on stage. I really like that. I thought it was great. Oh, yeah, with all the media members, you know, using her name and talking about what she's doing. and But, yeah, my favorite part of Look What You Made Me Do was probably just the, the giant snake in the middle because I don't think anybody expected that there would be, like, a 100-foot-tall inflatable snake, you know, at a Taylor Swift show. Oh, absolutely. And to see that in person was really cool. It just kind of makes that song... And that performance. So I do have one critique of this song, which if I were her, you know, tour production and manager or whatever um, involved in designing the tour, I don't know if I would do the, the speaking part with Tiffany Haddish every single time. I mean, yeah, they're friends and yeah, it's a good part of the show, but I would go in one of two other routes. Well, first of all, do you remember last time when we recorded the episode? I think we thought, well, maybe a different one of her friends would do that part each time. Right, we did. But that ended up not being the case. It's always um, Tiffany Haddish. Mm -hmm. But I would almost prefer it being the music video version where you can see her, you know, speaking into the phone in the music video. Or even better, were you able to catch one of her performances in, I believe it was England, where they did not use the video, and instead she just said the line herself, and it was awesome. I loved it. No, I actually didn't know that, but I agree. I think I probably would prefer that. On our last episode, it was right after the tour started, and we did think that maybe she would have someone different for every show. But... I think I would prefer just her. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, if you can go find it online, it's really cool because I'll try to mimic the inflection in her voice when she said it. But at the end, she goes, why? Oh, because she's dead. And like, <laughs> it, it was just really cool. So after Look What You Made Me Do comes Endgame. And I don't think we were certainly sure that this would be on the set list in full or if she would edit it somehow. And it is a shortened version. It doesn't include Ed or Future's part, but it's still a fun performance. I certainly enjoyed it. Oh, me too. And it, it really had to be included since it was a single and had a great music video. And I still think at some point maybe she'll have both of them. I agree. I was going to say... I know that for Bad Blood, she ended up never having Kendrick Lamar, which definitely surprised both of us. We thought he'd definitely come to a show and perform his parts of Bad Blood during 1989 tour. Um, but I'm hopeful that Ed and Future can make an appearance together and they can do the full version. 
Yeah, that's a good point. And there definitely are not quite as many special guests on this tour. So maybe it will never happen, but I'm hoping. Yeah, me too. Well, King of My Heart looked awesome, but I think there was so much going on on the stage that I couldn't really see. So I'm really, really excited to see this one again. Yeah, that's a good point. There's always so much going on on stage. And from the floor, which you experienced too, you know, you're kind of looking up a little bit at the stage. And I feel like I more looked at the big screens instead of what was going on on the stage, because obviously it's way bigger on the screen. Um, But that's something that you'll probably get a little bit different perspective of when you're in the 100 or 200 level. Yeah, you can look at the screen, but you'll get a more of an overhead view of the stage and all the dancers and props and whatever else is up there. Yeah, those screens are so amazing and useful. They're they're just the quality is amazing. And my sister actually commented that the screens looked like a music video. She felt like she was watching a music video when she was looking at the screens. Yeah, they're in perfect quality, and what's even cooler, I'm sure you noticed, is that they they move around and open and close. Obviously, for, during Ready For It, they spread right and left so that Taylor can come out from the center. But then even later in the show, I think they like spread out up and down because there's the section where you can see the band members who are actually crazy enough like behind the screen, I believe, most of the show. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was so cool. I, you didn't even really realize it. I think I realized it during Bad Blood. Mm-hmm. And then King of My Heart is an interesting one because I remember when I was on the floor, I knew that Taylor was going to be using the flying contraption to go to the B stage. So about halfway through King of My Heart, I left my seat to go back to get a close spot by the B stage but the end of King of My Heart is awesome with all the drums isn't that right yes and I always talk about how I love when she uses drums fearless tour you know right before the finale holy ground during the red tour so I was really excited about that I just wish she would be playing also yeah Now that you mentioned that, I cannot wait to see that again. That was one of my favorite parts of the show. And then when she did fly over for Delicate, I was in the section where she flew right over us. That was awesome. And one thing I noticed, that one moved much more slowly than the snake contraption. Yeah, I did notice that too. But I love how she uses two different flying mechanisms this tour. And of course, the dress is awesome for that song, which I think she had a new one recently. Yeah, she's changed it up a bit recently. But then I know one of the shows recently, she went back to the original Rainbow one. But yeah, Delicate is a great, pretty simple song. She gives a speech beforehand and then starts singing Delicate on the main stage and then flies over to the B stage. And I was fortunate enough to when I was on the floor, like I mentioned, went over to the B stage uh, right before she ended King of My Heart because I knew she was going there. And so I had an unbelievable, you know, front row right on the rail at the B stage view during 
the next couple songs, which included Shake It Off, a fan favorite, of course, and probably one of her most famous songs. And like we talked about on the last episode, she's joined by Camila and Charlie for that song, and it is so much fun. Oh, yeah. It really reminds me of the finale for the 1989 tour, which I loved so much. So you're just missing the arm that she's dancing on. Yeah, it's definitely the same version, um, but it works. Everybody knows that song. Everybody can dance along to it. And to invite the openers back out to support her really just shows how much of good friends they are. I mean, they seem like they're having a blast And, you know, she didn't need to do that. She could have just done Shake It Off by herself. But having them both out there was awesome. Yes, I love that. I mean, the last time she did something like that was on, well, I guess you could say Red, when Ed comes out for Everything Has Changed. Right. But I was also thinking about the Fearless Tour way back when she would have Kelly Pickler and Gloriana come back. So that is really cool. So when you moved over to the B stage area, did you have trouble with security at all? Or how did that work out for you? No, it was totally fine because we didn't go like into the sections where the seats were or like by the by the walkway where she goes from B stage to B stage. So let's say, for example, the stage is facing north and the main stage is, you know, north so we went off to the left side um kind of where the side of the stadium is where there's like the open area so it was totally fine good that must have been really cool to see that because i was just looking at the screen pretty much the whole time and i i did say how great the screens are but i wish the one in the in the back of the stadium would be bigger because i was looking at the back of the stadium there was a screen at the other end of the field and it I'm sure that they just logistically can't have anything bigger because of the seating and everything, but sometimes it was hard to see. So to to actually move there must have been really cool. Yeah, and you know, I think that's probably venue specific because, for example, the show I went to, there was a very, very big screen in the back that people could look at. Okay, that's good. Yeah, mine just wasn't that big. Yeah, it was a permanent one that the, you know, the football stadium has, so. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And then Taylor seems to change it up um, once in a while. I think sometimes she sings Dancing With Her Hands Tied first, and sometimes she sings the secret song first. Um, but Dancing With Her Hands Tied is a good acoustic song. It's a little bit disappointing that it doesn't get its own full main stage production, because I think it could be a great one. But... You know, she's limited, and she has to choose some songs to do as acoustic, more simple. And Dancing With Her Hands Tied works pretty well. Yeah, I agree. And and I keep mentioning my sister just because she, she gives good commentary. But she said she preferred the acoustic version to the album version. Oh, okay. And I, I like them both. Yeah. It's just a different perspective of that song. It kind of makes it feel more like a sad song to me. And when you think about the lyrics of that song, it is actually really sad. So I kind of like that she performs it as an acoustic song there. Yeah, I completely agree. It's a great album song, but it does really bring out the emotion when it's performed acoustic. 
And then, of course, Taylor moves to the other B stage, and she high-fives and hugs people along the way, which is awesome. And then when she gets to the other B stage, she sings Blank Space, which was great to hear again. Oh, yeah, definitely. Pretty straightforward performance. Um, very similar to the 1989 version, I would say. And then she sings Dress, which I know a lot of people really, really like. And Dress wasn't necessarily one of my favorites from the album, but I liked the tour performance. It was simple, um, basically just her and a microphone, and she does a little wardrobe change during it. So it was good. Yeah, I liked it. I was on the other end of the stadium. Like I mentioned, she flew over during Delicate. So it was really, really hard for me to see anything when she was over there. But I'm excited to see it this week to hopefully see more. And then Taylor gets in the skeleton flying contraption and the snake skeleton and flies back to the main stage um, while bad blood starts. So she does a little bit of bad blood while she's in the air. And then that is also mashed up with should have said no once she gets back to the main stage. And one really interesting thing happened at my show is that for some reason she was able to use the flying contraption that she used for Delicate, but she wasn't able to use the snake one. And I think part of the reason was because it was very, very windy and maybe they didn't want to use it. So she actually just ran from the second B stage back to the main stage and it was pretty wild. Oh, wow. Did she stop to high five at all? Not really. She pretty much just ran like with a group of security guys like all around her, like off to the right and along like the right side of the stadium, all the way up back to the main stage. Did that only happen for one show? Yes, the other show it was fine and the the skeleton contraption worked. You know, one thing I wondered was, remember that video showed where she was on this slide thing that would take her places? Yes. When does she use that? I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, that's a good question. It doesn't have anything to do with any of the B stages. Um, It doesn't have anything to do with Charlie XCX or Camila either, because I know when they came to the B stage for Shake It Off, they just basically walked through the crowd with their security and then come onto the stage. Um, So I think it has something to do with when she goes below the stage on the main stage And she's going to, like, pop up again back in the middle or on the other side. It's just a quicker way for her to get um, where she needs to go so she can change and not have to waste too much time. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. I was kind of wondering during the whole show, but I wasn't sure. And then we're back on the main stage to do the last few songs of the show. And the next one is... Definitely one of my favorites, and I think a lot of people's favorites as well, is the big, boisterous performance of Don't Blame Me. Oh, absolutely. And for me, also, the incorporation of Should Have Said No into Bad Blood, to see that live was just awesome. And so you're already kind of on a high from that, and then to go right into Don't Blame Me is awesome. And I like how it is similar to the album version but it's also a little bit different and just her vocals and the vocal range that she shows on this song is incredible 
Yeah, it really is. I. It's hard to say which song I'm most excited to see again, but definitely that is way up there. And but the other thing, before tour, we talked about her maybe having a choir or something during that performance, and maybe she would have a different high school choir or something every show. She doesn't do that, but you just you really feel the power of that part of the song if that makes sense yeah it does and i think a lot of the credit for that has to go to the backup singers because they do a great job with backing vocals during that part they really do they're amazing so then taylor goes to the piano and she does the mashup of long live and new year's day which is just perfect and on a personal note from the show that i went to i don't know if you remember steph but we talked a long, long, long time ago, probably a hundred plus episodes ago. Um, it came up about rain shows. And I always, I think I said on an episode of Swiftcast that I would love to go to a rain show. And Chicago Night 2, I got my wish because right as she started singing Long Live New Year's Day on the piano, it started raining and it couldn't be more perfect. Yeah, that is awesome. I did hear about that. And uh, I mean, every fan would love to experience a rain show. And this tour, there have been quite a few, really. There have. And actually, my show this week, they're forecasting rain. So we'll see. Yeah, it brings a whole new element to the show. You know, it's kind of like a, a special effect, but it's nature. And so it was just really adorable how... It started raining and Taylor's playing the piano and she stops and she goes, oh, you guys, it's raining. And everybody, <laughs> of course, went crazy and, you know, nobody cared. Um, and Long Live New Year's Day is really a perfect mashup. Like, I don't think any of us would have thought about that before this tour, but I loved it. And then we move on to Getaway Car and Getaway Car... If I remember correctly, it has a good, does it have a good intro video or are those awesome visuals just throughout the song or both? I know they're definitely in the song, but you know the video that includes the poem? I forget exactly where that is. And she's she's like in a desert. I, yes. It's a really cool video, but I forget where that's placed in the show. Is it before Getaway Car? It might be because then the visuals extend into the actual song yeah i think that's right yeah and getaway car is is pretty simple i would say and the visuals add a lot to it um but it's great it was always one that i loved from the album and it translates really well into the tour performance absolutely yeah and i i think this song should be a single i'm holding out hope i love the performance i love the outfit for the performance and I just think the crowd really likes that song a lot. Yeah, agreed. And then the second to last song is Call It What You Want. It's kind of a nice, like, slower, you know, chill song before the finale. And I think we all knew she was going to include it. She sang it on Saturday Night Live that one time. And obviously she includes pretty much every song off of Reputation except for so it goes. So we knew that one was coming, but it's pretty simple, but I liked it. 
Yeah, me too. It is kind of good. She gets everybody really excited during Getaway Car, tones it down, and then kind of has the finale. Yes, and the finale is a mashup, of course, of We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together with This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. And the whole production is just unbelievable. And the fireworks and just everything included in it really is a perfect finale. If you would have told me before the tour started that the finale was This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things, I might have questioned it a bit and i might have been like "Eh, i don't know if that's gonna work Mm -hmm. but i would have been completely wrong because it's awesome agreed yeah yeah the fountain the fireworks it's fantastic and again the just the mashup of it with we're never is amazing i don't know how she comes up with these things how she figures out what goes together but she always does it so brilliantly and i agree i would have thought i think i would have been confused if somebody told me this is why we can't have nice things was the finale but it's a perfect fit and i hope that means someday it will be a single yeah that would be a really cool music video i'm sure yeah and there's still lots of time for her to release more singles so we'll see so i'll ask you steph and i know this is an impossible question but how would you rank this tour against 1989 red Speak Now, and Fearless. Oh, wow, that is an impossible question. (laughs) Um, I feel like I need to see it more. I I saw 1989 12 times, which I know sounds insane, (laughs) Um, and it probably was. But (laughs) so I saw Fearless three times. I saw Speak Now two times. I saw Red four times, 1989 12 times. So I feel like I really need to see this more since I've only seen it once so far. But, I mean, it's got to be way up there. Just the fact that she includes, like you just mentioned, every song except So It Goes is amazing. Because when you have a new album, you want to see all the songs. And Taylor always does such a good job with that, but I don't think she's ever had it where she only dropped one song. And the production of this tour is just a level that you can't even describe. I was reading an article about how something like Taylor's at the highest level she's ever been. And then all the comments were like, well, she's she always finds a way to top herself with every tour, with every album. It's just amazing. How about you? Are you able to to rank it? I always seem to have the opinion that the most recent thing that I've seen is always at the top of my list. Like if you ask me what my favorite Taylor album is, I would probably say Reputation, mostly because it's most recent and it's what I listen to most because it's most recent. So the same goes for the tour. Um, But again, I'm just like you. I would like to see it again. I certainly hope that there is a Apple Music tour um, video or DVD of some kind so that we can, you know, have it and watch it forever. Mm-hmm. But it is, of course, impossible to rank, you know, albums and tours and songs because as Taylor fans, we pretty much like it all. Absolutely. And and yeah, as I was leaving the stadium, I was thinking, I really hope that this is on Apple Music or something, some way that we can watch this. Definitely. So let's talk a little bit about the secret songs that Taylor does on the B stage. She rotates them every show 
I think she might have done a couple repeats, um, but not too many. Just reading down the list, some of the ones that she's done include Wildest Dreams, The Best Day, Red, Holy Ground, Teardrops on My Guitar, Our Song, 22, I Knew You Were Trouble, I Don't Want to Live Forever, Mean, How You Get the Girl, So It Goes, 15, Mine, Sparks Fly, State of Grace, Haunted, Never Grow Up, Treacherous, Babe, Welcome to New York, Fearless, Enchanted, Change, Ours, Out of the Woods, and Come Back, Be Here. And so there are some awesome songs that I am glad that she played, but definitely sad that I missed out on. Oh, yeah. And and like you said, really very few repeats. 22 was repeated, but she's just playing songs that I think nobody would expect at all. So maybe I can hold out hope that she'll do Stay Beautiful or Tied Together with a Smile or right. something really, really old. So for you, which songs did you see? So I was able to see Our Song and 22. Um, it seems like Our Song was one that was played often during 1989. And it's good, but not necessarily my favorite. Um, but then I really enjoyed 22. And that's always just been one of my favorite songs because of how fun it is. I just love how much of a upbeat, fun song that has always been. So to hear it acoustic was very cool. Yeah, that song, when I saw her in Texas at the Formula One show, and she did 22, it, it was like I f- had forgotten how much I loved that song because she just has so many great songs. And, and so to see that on the B stage would be really cool. I'm kind of jealous. Well, I was super jealous of you because I know that the show you went to, you got to see the first ever performance of Babe. Yes, that was pretty cool. I was really lucky to see a song that she had never performed before. And I I really like the original song, but of course it's a Sugarland song and Taylor has some vocals in it, but it must have been awesome to see her perform the whole thing. Yeah, it really was. And the crowd was just going crazy. I was really impressed that the crowd knew the song. Because you can't deny Taylor's in the pop arena now, babes on country radio. I'm sure she has fans like us who have been there since she's been in the country genre. But I'm sure there also were many fans of the show who are new fans. And they like her pop music. So I was just really impressed by how excited the crowd was and how they knew the song so well. So out of the ones she's done that you didn't get to see, is there one or two that you you really, really wish you could have seen? Um, I would actually say the two most recent ones, which were in Toronto. Um, The first night in Toronto, she did Out of the Woods. Mm -hmm. And I say that because... Ever since the 1989 tour, that has been one of my favorite songs. And she did a similar version to the 1989 version, um, you know, with the the big loud vocals. And from the clips I saw, it was great. And then the second night, she sang another song that she has never sang before. And it was Come Back, Be Here. And that's a song from Red Deluxe, right? Yeah, that was crazy. I couldn't believe it. It was just a song I never expected to hear her perform. Yeah, and then it does make you think you 
never know what to expect. Like at the next show, your show, maybe she'll sing um, like The Moment I Knew. That's another Red Deluxe song that I don't think she's ever sang. That was the one I was going to say too, yeah. <laughs> or maybe at the next show, the one you're going to, she'll sing Thug Story. Oh, that'd be rude. <laughs> Doubtful, but... She did Fearless during the rain show, which was such a great touch. But maybe at a different rain show, she'll do Come In With The Rain. Yeah. For me, I think I would go with Come Back, Be Here. And I was really jealous of people who got to see Never Grow Up. Yeah, I agree. I think she's performed that once, maybe either during Red or 1989 as a secret song. I think only once, yeah. And also, Foxborough got really good ones. They had Change and R's. Those would have been great to see, too. It's just mm-hmm. so hard to pick. I would like to see all of them. Yeah. We need a uh, a concert of only B-Stage secret songs. <laughs> yeah. But then it's just so hard because you also want all the new stuff. Yeah. Like we've said before, we we really just need like a six-hour Taylor concert. That's all. That would be great. That would sell out in probably a second. <laughs> So in regards to special guests, there have been some on this tour, but very, very few compared to the 1989 tour. Um, It seems like the 1989 tour, all the stadium shows had special guests, and then some of the arena ones did too, like um, Stable Center in LA, for example. Mm -hmm. But so far on this tour, the special guests have included Shawn Mendes, Troy Sivan, Selena Gomez, Niall Horan, Robbie Williams, Haley Kiyoko, and Brian Adams. Do you have a favorite among any of those? You know, I would have loved to have seen Brian Adams, Summer 69. I was really jealous of the people in Toronto. They got Come Back, Be Here, and they got Brian Adams. That's pretty cool. Yeah, what a show. How about for you? Well, I know that um, Robbie Williams is... uh, probably more famous in the UK than he is in the US. Um, But I do know his song Angels. And unfortunately, it's just so hard to find clips like on YouTube. But from the few clips that I did see, it was awesome. And I am very jealous of the people that got to see that. Yeah, that really did look awesome. And it is hard to find clips really anywhere. Things just get taken down these days. But that would have been really awesome. And the locations that she's done it, I mentioned Toronto, she's done Pasadena, London, Foxborough. So it's hard to predict other locations where she'll have a special guest. I would say maybe Nashville would have a good chance, but I would have thought MetLife would have had a special guest. Me too. But I think she probably felt like she needed to downplay a special guest because it was such a big part of the 1989 world tour and people really blasted her for it for of course really no good reason at all just to criticize her that's what people do but i can see why she would not have quite as many as she did before yeah scale it back make the show more focused on you know just the the reputation tour not so people aren't coming to the show expecting to see a guest um you know, they come to expect to see reputation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Because with 1989, I think 
if you were going to a stadium show, you expected a guest. It reached that point. Yep. And now it's really going to be a huge surprise if you get a guest. But I'm still holding out hope for Joan Jett. Hopefully Ed, he's back here touring, so. He is, yep. So we'll see. We'll see, but overall, definitely, you know, 10 out of 10, two thumbs up. Um, Love the show. Hope I get a chance to see it again. Um, And I know you're going to a couple more, so I'm sure you're very looking forward to that. I am, yeah. I just, I can't wait to see different perspectives of this show. There's just so much going on than I think really any other tour. And I know some people who even sat up in the 300s and they said, you could just really see everything that goes into this show. And at my show, Taylor even mentioned how many people she needs to help put this together. I think she said 250 people to do a lot of the work associated with getting the stage ready and everything ready for every show. So I... I can't imagine how much it costs for all the stage and all these elements and paying people to put all this together. Oh, I know. And I don't think I've brought this up on a past episode because I think we probably learned it after the tour started. But one interesting fact for you is that there are two sets of the same stage. And the reason there is is because, let's say, for example... um, The show that's coming up as we're recording this is Pittsburgh. So the Pittsburgh stage, as we're speaking, is currently being built. But then there's a second stage, and that one's actually already in Atlanta, which is the next show, being built. Because they don't have enough time to tear it down and move it to the next location and put it back up because of how sophisticated it is. So there's two sets, and they're always you know, alternating, going ahead to build it. Which makes so much sense because of all the elements of the stage. I don't see how they could do it any other way. Mm-hmm. So again, imagine how much that costs to have two. Yeah. Wow. So to wrap it up, um, there hasn't been a whole lot of Taylor news lately, um, just because she's been on tour, of course. But one thing we did want to mention was there is going to be a new movie being made, and it's going to be basically the musical Cats by Andrew Lloyd Webber, and it's going to be made into a movie. And Taylor is going to be acting in that movie. So that's pretty cool. That's really cool. We don't know her role, who she'll be playing, but it's Cats, and it's Taylor. It's perfect, right? Have you ever seen the musical or no? I did, not on Broadway or anything, just a local kind of show. Okay. How about you? No, I haven't. Yeah, I think it will be really exciting. And one thing that's cool is that Tom Hooper is the director. And he also was the director for Les Mis. And way back when Les Mis was being casted, Taylor was in serious talks for that movie. And we don't know what happened, why she ended up not getting the role. But obviously, she must have really impressed Tom Hooper uh, because now he's using her for this production of Cats. So I think everybody back then made such a big deal about it. There were all these articles like, oh, Taylor didn't get this role. and But obviously he was very impressed with her and now she's in this. So that's pretty exciting. 
Yeah, and there's some other really big names that are going to be in it, including James Corden, Jennifer Hudson, and Ian McKellen. So there's some superstar power there. Yeah, that's really cool. Taylor seems very friendly with Ian McKellen, and James Corden was in the movie One Chance, which Taylor recorded Sweeter Than Fiction for that movie. So I think she's going to have a lot of friends on the set, and I'm sure she's just going to have a blast. I wouldn't be surprised if she goes directly from tour to filming this. Yes, the articles do state that the movie will start filming in Britain later this year, so later in 2018. I'm guessing that Taylor will maybe start filming early in 2019, since she has her tour that will extend pretty much through November um, once she gets done with Australia, New Zealand, and Japan. Right. So, I don't know. There's no word on when this will come out, but I remember when Les Mis was released, it was over the holiday season. So I don't know if we can cross our fingers that this would be out in theaters by Christmas 2019, maybe? Yeah, it could be. We'll see. But it's very exciting for Taylor. This has got to be, I would say, the biggest role she's had. Of course, she's been in Valentine's Day and The Giver, but this is a, a big deal. Mm-hmm. Definitely looking forward to it. So that's all the the big news that we have on Taylor right now. And as tour goes on, we'll be giving you more updates. So stay tuned for more episodes. But for now, for episode 250, this has been Steph. And Adam. And we will see you soon. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.